You ready? Ready? Well, I want to know, somebody said, John chapter 15, if you have your Bibles in hand. I started a series a few weeks back, I'm going to conclude it today, called The Power of Same. My concern uh, has been with many, many people is that uh, people give up too quick and they move on to something else. They give up on their marriages, they give up on uh, dreams, visions, uh, different things like that, and they just move on. And they never accomplish what God has for them to accomplish. Many times people move on from great churches. They move on from great uh, uh, things that they're doing in ministry. And sometimes, sometimes ministry, you don't see the fruit of it right away. And sometimes people get discouraged and they move on. And that, that could be the case in any area of life. And so I, I wanted to talk about the power of same and how powerful it is to stay rooted and grounded until we do see something take place in and through our lives. And, and so we started that a few weeks back, and we've been taking John chapter 15, and verses uh, 1 through 12, it, it gives a key word, and that key word is abide. Twelve different times, or ten different times in those twelve verses, it uses the word abide. And that means to stay, it means to be fixed, it means to be uh, rooted. And so uh, that word abide, and, I, and so I'm not going to read all of it now, but I'm going to take some verses out of uh, verses 1 through 12 throughout today's teaching, and I'm going I'm to highlight those verses and talk about them. But I'm going to start out with verses 1 through 5, and I just want to read that to you. And this is Jesus speaking, especially when he says something and repeats it. You know, if you're a parent and you're repeating something to your child, it's because you want that child to get, get, get the message. I think God's speaking to us, his children, this to us, so that we get the message. Abide, 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 abide. So here in John chapter 15, verse 1, it says, Jesus says, I am the true vine, my father is the vine dresser, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Or we've learned and, and discovered that means he lifts up. And so when we're not bearing fruit, we're staying in the vine, he lifts us up. And every branch that does not, uh, every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides. In the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. And some people might think, well, I haven't been serving God and I've accomplished everything. Listen, you couldn't even get out of bed if it wasn't God helping you. You couldn't even take your next breath if it wasn't God that gave you that next breath. You've got the talents, you've got the giftings, you've got the abilities that you have because God gave them to you. And by the way, if you happen to be very good looking, man, don't be strutting your stuff. It's because God gave it to you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? God giveth and God could take it away. You know what? Zits could just pop all over your face, man. I'm telling you. And we need to just thank God that God gives us what he gives us. Amen? 
So over these few weeks, we talked about, we talked about a few different things. I'm going to just quickly highlight. For week one, we talked about more of the same, the importance of having more of the same in our life. And if you haven't been with us and you've been unable to be with us for whatever reason or you're new to Church on the Move, you can go on our website, cotmtyler.org, and you can, you can capture those messages and listen to them online. And so uh, we talked about the more, more of the same and what it produces. The second week, we talked about resolutions with pa- uh, patterns. That resolutions are not, is not good enough that you have to have good patterns in order to make those new resolutions stick in your life. And so we talked about how patterns, that, uh, that we create our patterns and then our patterns create us. And that's the case for all of us. And then week three, we talked about it's worth our while. And what I meant by that is that the faith to step out is worthless without the faithfulness to stick it out. And so it's worth, it's worth our while if we'll just go ahead and continue on until we, we see the product produced that we're wanting to see produced in and through our life. And so which brings me to today, and this is what I want to talk about today, and it's attainable and sustainable success. It's one thing to attain success. It's another thing to sustain success. And so I want to talk about attainable and sustainable because I see some people attaining but not sustaining. And then I see some people that's not attaining or sustaining. So we need to talk about both. And so we're going we're gonna to deal with both of these areas. And I'm going to take Psalm 101, verse 6, and I'm going to use this as a, as a platform to talk about this, this message today. Uh, I, this is a, a scripture that the Lord dealt with me years ago, and I just, I'll, I'll tell you about it in, in just a minute, minute. But let's read this. It says in Psalm 101, verse 6, it says, My eyes shall be on the faithful of the land, that they may dwell with me, he who walks in a perfect way or a mature way, word perfect means mature, in a mature way, he shall serve me. He shall serve me, qualifies us to serve God when we're faithful. And uh, years ago, I used to be bothered by who didn't show up to church. It used to bother, the, it just bothered me all the time. It's like, man, you know, why, is, why aren't they here? Don't they know? I mean, this, this is a life-giving message. It can change their life, especially when I know they're going through some difficult times and they're needing to hear what I'm saying and, and I made that message for them. Not really, not really. Sometimes. And, uh, and then they're not here. And it used to bother me. And, and the Lord, I felt like he, he, he spoke to me. Not that I heard words, but I just knew in my knower that he, he just revealed this to me. And that was this. He says, why are your eyes on them? He says, my eyes are on the faithful of the land. He says, you're focusing on those that aren't here, but what about the ones that are here? And it's like, whoa. And Lord, forgive me for having my eyes on the wrong thing. And so what I want to do is I want to talk about faithfulness and the importance of faithfulness. And, and really what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you, I'm going to break down that word faithfulness a little bit further because that word faithful also means, it also means constant. 
It means constant. If you look up that word in its original text in the uh, Bible dictionary, it means constant. And constant, that means being consistent. It means, means fixed and steady. Matter of fact, I give a definition that I want to give you here. A constant is a fixed and firm value that does not change no matter what the other variables or circumstances are in our life. It's fixed. It, in other words, you know, I hear people all the time that they, they shift and change according to their circumstances. In other words, they're governed by their circumstances. Wherever their circumstances take them, that's where they go, good or bad. And let me tell you something, your circumstances are subject to change. We need to be fixed on the Word of God that never changes, that's settled forever in heaven. That's a good word there in itself. It's fixed. We need to, we need to stay constant. So what I want to do today is I want to talk about how to have attainable and sustainable success. John 15, 7 says this, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Let me tell you how we have attainable and sustainable success. Number one is through, through constant counsel. Constant counsel. It's amazing to me that that people are not fixed on the counsel of God's word. That they, they listen to this, they listen to that, they listen to all these different things rather than the counsel of the word that's forever settled in heaven. And we need that constant, that constant counsel in our life. Proverbs 19.20 says it this way. It says, hear counsel, receive instruction, accept correction, that you may be wise in the time to come. You know why people have a problem with counsel is because they don't like correction. Because counsel always corrects. It corrects our course. It may, we may be going a little bit this way or, or going this direction. And, and once that counsel comes, it says it's, it requires correction. And, and all of us, for the most part, don't invite correction into our life. And I'm here to tell you that there's a lot of people that they have attained some success, but they haven't sustained it. And the reason is, is because, because they don't like correction. It requires correction. And there's a lot of folks that are doing well in life. And even you may be here today, and you're doing well in life. But we are all one decision away from stupid. No one exempt. Every one of us are one, way, one decision away from stupid. Look at what Proverbs says in Proverbs 12.1. It says, Whoever loves instruction loves knowledge, but he who hates correction is stupid. Well, we, we, we really do hate, some, we do hate correction. Many people hate being corrected. And uh, honestly, truth be said... If we're going to always have that constant counsel in our life, we're always going to constantly be corrected. Whether it's coming from our own personal study time, or whether we're in a small group and we're just hearing somebody speak the word, uh, speak God's word, and, and, and it just corrects us. Nobody else may know, but it corrects us. Yes. And that happens all the time. I remember there was a, 
I was a young Christian, and in the early days, I did a lot of stupid, okay? But in the early days, because I didn't know any better, I was learning that counsel, that constant counsel in my life. And listen, when God, if God says it, that settles it. That ought to settle the argument. There shouldn't be any argument. If God says, says it, that settles it. But I'm here to tell you that there still are a lot of people that argue they argue with God, they reason themselves out of decisions, and it's because they don't have that constant counsel in their life. And if you're, you and I are going to attain what God has for us and sustain it, then we need that constant counsel keeping us in, corrected in our life. God's always going to place us on a, li, on a path of life. But we choose our own path that leads to death, Scripture says. And so we need that counsel in our life. But early, day, early on, I remember I was having an issue with my ex-wife. I've been married before. I'm not going to get into all that story. If you have a problem with that, I'm so sorry. That's where that's, I've got a history. Good, thank you. And by the way, I still have issues. Just in case. Just in case you want to know that. <laughs> with my wife. No, I'm just joking. She said it. She said it. I didn't say it. Uh, I, got the wonder, I got the most wonderful wife in the world. I really do. Uh, we have a, a, the greatest, the greatest, greatest, greatest uh, relationship in the world. Uh, but anyway, we're having some issues with uh, having an argument over uh, something that is so long ago. It's 30 plus years ago. <laughs> Uh, or not 30 plus, about, uh, about 30, yeah, about 30 plus years ago, long time ago. And uh, we were having an argument about our, our son and, uh, and something, something with him and, and, and my, my ex-wife's boyfriend was there. Well, he piped up and said something. And it's like, Bubba? <laughs> First of all, I was daddy bear and I was mama bear. Okay, you don't mess with my boy. You still don't mess with him, even though he can carry his own. Okay, <laughs> try it, find out. <laughs> try it, see. Mess with my wife, try it and see. Okay, <laughs> definitely don't mess with my grandchildren. Okay, all right, that's another story. <laughs> and but anyway, I responded wrong. I pushed him, and I responded wrong, and uh, I didn't know any better. I just knew that my heart was. Something happened in my heart. It just didn't feel right. And so I went to my pastor, and I thought he was going to affirm me. I thought he was going to say, way to go, boy. You stood up for what you need to stand up for. And, and, uh, and I thought he was going to affirm me. And you know what he did? He gave me the word, and he corrected me and said, you're wrong. And I had to go eat crow. I had to go apologize to the ex-boyfriend that shouldn't have said anything. Really, he shouldn't have. And I just needed to handle it differently, okay? I just handled it wrong. I didn't need to lay hands on him. I just needed to say, okay, you need to be quiet. And now I should have just handled it with uh, a little bit more direct way. You're understanding where I'm coming from. But I remember what a struggle it was to have to, one, you know, one, to have to make that phone call and say, listen, I was wrong. I am, and I told him, I said, I am a man of God. I am purposing to please God. And what I did and how I handled myself was wrong. Would you please forgive me? I didn't make excuses. 
I didn't, I didn't say, I sh- you know, you shouldn't have said anything, but I, you know, I, I didn't do all of that. I just said I was wrong. And I'm going to tell you, sometimes it's difficult. It's difficult to correct things because pride may get in the way. It's difficult to correct things because there's going to be, there's going to be uh, things in our own life that we just like the way it is right now. And because we like the way it is right now, we don't, like to, we don't want to be corrected about it. And that's the case. And, and let me tell you something. God's way is always a better way. I don't know why we try to hold on to something that we think that's going to work out better. God's ways work. God's ways always is a greater blessing in our life. It's just, it just is. And, and so I want to I give you a couple of scriptures here. Proverbs 4, verse 10 through 13. Hear, my son, receive my sayings, and the years of your life will be many. Prolongs your life when you obey God and receive God's correction. I have taught you in the way of wisdom. I have led you in the right paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hindered, and when you run, you will not stumble. Take firm hold of instruction. Let, do not let it go. Keep her, for she is your life. And what's, what's this saying? God's saying we can have attainable and sustainable success. If we will, if we will just have that constant, that constant uh, counsel of God's word in our life. A couple more scriptures, Proverbs 10, 17, He who keeps instruction is in the way of life, but he who refuses correction goes astray. And then one more, Proverbs 13, 18, Poverty and shame come to him who refuses instruction and correction, but he who heeds reproof is honored. Isn't that good? I mean, this is God's word right now. What is the Holy Spirit saying to you right now? Even as I have spoken, what has he brought to your heart, brought to mind right now? That maybe he's been trying to correct you in a certain area or areas in your life that you need to go ahead and receive embrace and make the change. And get on that path of life. You just go ahead and do it. Don't don't resist it. If you want attainable and sustainable success in your life, whether it's your marriage, whether it's in business, whether it's in ministry, whether what, wherever it is right now, uh, you need to go ahead and receive it, and you go ahead and go with it and flow with it. Amen? Amen. Secondly, the second thing in John chapter 15, verse 10, it says, he, it says, if you keep my commandments, if you keep them, if you keep my commandments, it's one thing getting God's commandments. It's one thing obeying them at some point and operating in them, but it's another thing keeping them. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. The second area in order to attain and sustain success is that we, need, we do it through constant, constant conviction. And I don't mean a conviction like I'm convicted of that sin. I'm talking about we have a conviction that of God's word. We believe it and we will die for it. I mean, that, I, I am, I, I've got a conviction that this is how I'm going to live my life. I don't care who it hair lips. This is God's word. It's truth. I don't care what your circumstances say or my circumstances. His word is true. 
I have a conviction that if God says it, it settles it. That's how it is. I, you know, he is truth. He's either all truth or he's got the ability to lie. And God cannot lie. Are, we, are, are you getting it? And so we need that type of conviction in our life. We should, we should have a conviction that, that uh, regardless of what's, what circumstances say, we are sold on what God's word says. That helps us to have sustainable and, and attainable success. His word, I, was, I, I struggled with the word convictions and callings. Because anytime God's word is, is, is made, uh, uh, is revealed to us, anytime God's word is revealed to us, it becomes a call in our life to fulfill. Regardless of where, whatever area in our life, it becomes a call. Do you get what I'm saying? Not only is it a conviction that, man, I'm going to die, but it's a calling that I've got to fulfill. I've got to do what God's word says. I'm called to do this. I'm called to love even the unlovely. I'm called to, I'm called to reach out to those that may not uh, deserve it. But by the way, we're all undeserving. But nonetheless, I, I'm called to do this. I'm called to forgive those that have, have really... Uh, persecuted me and, and wrongly uh, used me and abused me. I'm, I'm called to do that. Sometimes it may be difficult, but I'm called to do it. I have a conviction of God's word. If I'll do it his way, then it's going to help me to attain and sustain success. That's how I bear fruit, that I keep his commandments. I bear fruit because I do what he says. I, I, am I painting the picture good enough? We need to understand that that's true. And, and so God's word is, is not a buffet line that we go through and we pick and choose what we do or don't do. And, and almost brought some different... I eat a lot of different types of fruit and I almost brought fruit up here and just, you know, there might be some fruit that you like or dislike. And you might go through and, and, and say, well, I'll pick this, but this I resist. And that many times in God's word, there's some things that, that we want and other things that we don't want. And it's because, because it disturbs our already, already patterns that we have in life. We have some patterns, some habits, some, some ways that we do things that we don't want disturbed. It's working for us right now, we think. We think that it's, it's, it's producing for us. But we, and we don't want it disturbed. So therefore, I'm not going to apply God's word to that area. I'm not going to do God's word in that area. And so we treat it like a buffet line. Remember in the old days, back when I ate anything and everything, and I did. I all, my wife uh, and I will, uh, she'll say, well, you, you don't, uh, she has said this, that you don't like that. It's like, I, it isn't that I don't like that. I choose not to eat it because I like all food. I mean, there's probably not anything I won't eat or wouldn't eat, and I choose not to eat it now. Do you, you know what I'm saying? And so I, I, I'm, I'm very picky in what I eat now. I only eat specific things in my life now, only specific things. And it's by choice. And many people are just like that. By choice, they choose to eat only certain things from God's word. But we can't do that. 
We need to eat God's word. We need to eat every bit of his word because it all produces in our life. If we will work God's word, God's word works. It just does. It just will. And so we need that constant, that constant. And again, I go back to the word constant here, that word faithful. We need that, we need that constant. God's eyes are on the faithful of the land. We need that constant in our life of, of that constant conviction or fulfilling that calling of God's word in and through our lives. So let me give you a couple of scriptures before I move on. Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 10 through 16, it says, But you have carefully followed my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, perseverance, persecutions, afflictions, which happened to me at Antioch and Iconium and at Lystra, what persecutions I endured, and out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. But evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of. Now that word assured, I looked it up. It is the word, the root word, one of the root words of assured is faithful. You've been faithful or established of knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood, childhood uh, you, have, you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through, the, through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture, not just some, the whole counsel of God, all scripture is, is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man or woman of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work, achieving and sustaining success in their life, if you will. Isn't that good? And so I just want to give you one more. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. When we do it God's way, when we're fulfilling the call, Doing God's word in our life. Romans 8.28 says it this way. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, God and to those who are called according to his purpose. God somehow, he seems to just work it. And able to work in the worst of circumstances and still bring out the best of the best in our lives. We've got to trust that God's word that it works, that we have a conviction that it works, and that if we'll do it, it just does. If we do it, it just produces. Okay, so let me take you to John chapter 15, and I'm going to give you one more thought before I conclude here. John 15, 8, it says, By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. Notice here that God's glorified when we bear fruit. Bearing fruit does not take place without faithfulness. We've already established that that constant in our life, abiding, if you will. You got it? Okay. It says, so you will be my disciples. That word disciple means disciplined follower. It means somebody that is faithful, somebody that is constant in their convictions, constant in, in their call, that's constant in their life, that's constant in their beliefs, that's constant in the counsel that they're getting from God. 
But thirdly, the third thing that we need to understand that, that helps us to attain and sustain success is this. Is it comes through constant character. Remember I made, the, I made the comment a while ago, we're one decision away from stupid. Yes. One decision. One little character flaw in our life that doesn't get dealt with can cost us a lifetime of labor. I've seen, I've, I've seen pastors, I've seen ministers, I've seen Christians that have labored and have done a great labor, done a great work in ministry, a great work in their family, and, and over one stupid decision they lose it all because of a character flaw that they were unwilling to deal with. We all have issues, I understand that. We all have issues, but when God enlightens us, Anything that, anything that stays in the dark, God can't work in. When we bring it to the light, God can work in it. Because God is light. That's why the Bible tells us that we're to confess our faults one to another. That's why small groups are so important that we get in relationships and so that we have somebody that we can trust and say, Hey, I've got an issue in my life. I need prayer in. He says, confess your faults one to another. Pray for one another that you will be healed. He says, why is confession so important? Because when you bring it out into the light, God can deal with it. He can help you. As long as it's kept in the darkness, then that's where the Bible says that the enemy works. The enemy works in darkness. The devil works. There's a spirit of darkness that's at work in this world. And, we, and let me tell you something. You think it's no big deal? It is a big deal. Seeds grow into harvests. Little things that we allow in our life. It's the small foxes that spoil the vine. It's the little seeds that we continue to allow in our life that grow up that destroys a life. A lifelong work that we've done in our marriages, in our ministries, in, in our communities, in our children. Oh my gosh. Our grandchildren. We need to make sure that we are, we are dealing with issues in our life. It, they must be addressed. Are you with me? Yes, See, there's a lot of people that have attained, but they, can't, they, they haven't sustained. We may have enough giftings at work in our life to, to help us obtain a level of success, but man, I'm telling you, you you're going to need you're going to need character to help you sustain it, to keep you successful. There's a lot of people I've seen this in marriages that people have they've they've succeeded in marriages, and I'm 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 here to tell you if it wasn't the character in my wife and I's life. We would, have, we would have probably crashed already at some point. At some point. But it's because of the character that we've allowed God to develop in us. The fruits of the Spirit has helped us to not only obtain success in our marriage, but sustain that success in our marriage. To go beyond our feelings, our comfort. See, a lot of people are driven by comfort and they're not driven by character. And your comfort has nothing to do with Christianity. Your comfort has nothing to do with marriage. 
has nothing to do with the will of God. Your comfort does not come into the equation. Character does. God's not concerned about your, your comfort. He's concerned about your character. He's not concerned about my comfort. He's concerned about my character. Is it being developed? That's why we need, a, we need to be disciplined. Well, I'm just not a disciplined person. You better change that. You better change that because it's going to hurt somewhere in your life. It's going to hurt. You better start developing that in your life. One of the ways that I started developing this years ago is I began to speak it in my life. That I am disciplined. It is the diligent that bears rule. I am disciplined in every area of my life. Every day, I, there's some confessions, some things that I speak over my life and actually our lives. And I, that's one of the things that I'm speaking, that I am disciplined. I'm self-controlled and self-disciplined in my life. Not slothful and not lazy. And, and, and I do whatever I can to always, always be a person of my word. Always never making excuses. If you are a person that's given to excuse making, then you've got some issues. <laughs> I, don't, I didn't mean to leave this on this note, so I guess I better not. Your marriage, your parenting, your business, your ministry, this all applies. It's possible for us to achieve things that our character can't sustain. I think that's why, that's why God is, is always at work in our character. Because not only does He want your fruit to take place, but He wants your fruit to remain. He wants your fruit to remain. And so let me, let me, let me download a, a, a couple of scriptures here. Uh, 1 Timothy chapter 4. Paul talking to a young minister. Paul was talking to a, a, his, his, his uh, right hand, eventually became his right hand man, Timothy, verse 12. says, let no one despise your youth. He's a young man. But be an example. In other words, age doesn't have anything to do with it. Well, I'm just immature. Well, you get, better get to maturing. And by the way, age has nothing to do with maturity. I've seen some young people extremely mature, and I've seen some old people extremely immature. And it doesn't matter how long a person's been serving God either. I've seen that happen where somebody has been serving God for a long time, still very immature because they don't have these constants in their life. Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Till I come, give attention to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of hands of the eldership. Meditate on these things. Give yourselves sometimes, when it feels good, when it's comfortable, when it's convenient. It's not what it says, right? It says, give yourselves entirely to them that your progress may be evident to all. Take heed to yourselves and to the doctrine. Continue in them. In other words, be constant in them. For in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. You will achieve and you will sustain success in your life. Isn't this good? I don't know about you, but this is encouraging to me. And let, let, me, let me just say this for 
because sometimes, I understand this, sometimes it's like your garage, it needs to be cleaned out. You open that garage door, you look in there, and it's like such a mess that you just shut that garage door and say, another day. What is the Holy Spirit speaking to you right now? You may have a big mess in your life. You may be a mess in your life. God is masterful about taking messes and, 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 and arranging it in, in a way where the portrait of your life is so beautiful. He'll take the worst of messes and use it for his glory. You see it throughout Scripture. I'm a, I was one of those that was a mess that God took, rearranged, changed, and still working in my life, and is using it for his glory. And he'll do the same in your life. And he does it one step at a time. He's not going to ask you to take leaps. He's not going to ask you to do it all in one day. You take one step. One step trusting him, asking him to help you. No condemnation in this place. Okay, one step at a time, and God will help you. John 15, and as we do this, this is the end result of, of what God wants to produce in all of our lives. Uh, John 15, 11, I love this, I love this, I love this. If we'll, be, if we'll have those constants, of that abiding, that faithfulness, that constant in our life, then this is what will take place. This will be the fruit of it. This will be the result of it. This is what we'll get to experience together. I'm, I'm enjoying that in my life. And I want you to enjoy it too. It says, These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. And today, if we'll have these three constants in our life, I believe that it will produce attainable and sustainable success in our lives. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for teaching us.